is MRN's Throwback Thursday, brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sunoco and Grunt Style. This is Ken Squire. Time now for MRN.com's Throwback Thursday, classic NASCAR races from the Motor Racing Network's Race Archives. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, from the Charlotte Motor Speedway. This is Ned Jarrett and the WFMX crew here to bring you the 100-mile late-model sportsman race, which is just about ready to get underway. It was scheduled to roll off at 1 o'clock. The cars are sitting on Pitt Road, a fine field here this afternoon for this 100-mile, $30,000 event. Helping us here in the booth today, we're very fortunate to have Jackie Arute, who is the manager of the Motor Racing Network, Jackie, we appreciate you sitting in with us here this afternoon on WFMX. My pleasure, Ned. I'm really happy to be here, and it looks like we're going to see one whale of a race this afternoon. It certainly looks that way. A lot of the drivers have their short track cars here. You know, for the World Service Life 300 race in the fall, which is the day before the Napa National 500, the biggest late model sportsman event on the circuit, they bring some super speedway cars and uh, a variation of equipment but this race being a hundred miles they bring their short track cars and they are a couple of those uh, supercars I guess you would say but they're not running the fastest so we'll give you the starting line up here now Bob Presley the current point leader on the late model sportsman circuit is on the pole in the precision product Nova with a speed of 157.311 miles per hour in the past they've said the Nova and the Ventura Pontiacs and cars in that category are not the best for super speedways. But Bob Presley has proven them wrong, certainly as far as the qualifying is concerned here today, because he's on the pole. On the outside is Dick Brooks from Porterville, California, driving the Trucksmore Ford. His speed, 156.922 miles per hour. Now, that's one of the cars that you might consider a super speedway car, because they don't run that car on short tracks. In the second row, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis in the Caraway Speedway Chevrolet, qualified with a speed of 156.101 miles per hour. Butch Lindley, last year's national champion from Greenville, South Carolina in the Black Diamond Chevrolet, 155.449 miles per hour. Starting in the third row in fifth position will be Tommy Houston of Hickory, driving a car number 38, the mooring engine Pontiac, engineering Pontiac, I should say, speed 155.328. The outside of the third row, three-time national champion of the past from Asheville, North Carolina, in the Carolina Tool Equipment Ford, Jack Ingram. His speed, 154.396. Fourth row will be Morgan Shepard, starting on the inside from Eden, North Carolina, in the Mr. Parts Automotive Pontiac, speed 153.929. On the outside of the fourth row, from Conover, North Carolina, is Glenn Jarrett, driving the Bush Beer WFMX radio special. His speed, 152.259. Fifth row inside is Buddy Howard of Greenville, South Carolina, in the Ames Drywall Pontiac, speed 152.023. In the tenth position, fifth row outside, Joe Frazan of Pauline, South Carolina, in the Tallman Pools Mercury, that car owned by Marion Cox. His speed, 150.121 miles per hour. A large crowd on hand here this afternoon for the events, a 100-mile sportsman event is the first thing on the agenda. 
And then a 200-kilometer race for the Can-Am cars, the City Corps Can-Am cars, the first time they've ever competed anywhere in this part of the country. They use the high banks here as well as the infield road course at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. A very big crowd on hand on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Some tickets are still available for tomorrow's World 600, and we're going to be talking about that World 600 a little later. And we also want to remind you that Motor Racing Network will be doing a pit road preview at 5 o'clock this afternoon from 5 to 6. Jackie Root, Barney Hall, yours truly, will be on hand to set the stage for tomorrow's $350,000 World 600. They do still have some tickets available for that race. If you don't have yours and you'd want to call and reserve them, the phone number is area 704-455-2121. They're still lining the sportsman cars up on pit road, getting ready to start this $30,000 100-mile chase around the mile-and-a-half super speedway. And it certainly lives up to the name of a super speedway now with all the renovations the additional 10,000 seats and the new VIP press boxes, broadcasting facilities, you wouldn't recognize the place when you come here. So make your plans to be here tomorrow. You still have time to get on out for a lot of racing activity here this afternoon. If you're uh, in the listening area and you're not hearing us, if you're not in the listening area of WFMX, so maybe you want to drive on out and enjoy the fun here with the folks who are here. We'll continue with the starting lineup. In 11th place is J.D. McDuffie, a Grand National driver from Sanford, North Carolina, driving the Phelps Welding Chevrolet, qualified at a speed of 147.533 miles per hour. In the 12th starting position will be Bob Jarvis of Greenville, South Carolina, in the Jarvis Ford, speed 146.775. Seventh row inside in 13th position will be Randall Fowler of Greenville, South Carolina, in the Carroll Racing Equipment Chevrolet, 144.648. In the 14th position will be Jimmy Poovey of Hickory, the Fishnet Chevrolet, his speed 143.736. The 8th row inside will be Charlie Blanton of Gaffney, South Carolina, driving the Toy Bolton Racing Pontiac, his speed 142.578. In the 16th position will be Delma Cowart of Savannah, Georgia, in the Cowart Chevrolet with a speed of 142.499. The 9th row inside is Steve Lawrence of Lenore, North Carolina. He's one of the regulars at Hickory Speedway in the Oliver Construction Chevrolet. His speed, 142.135. The ninth row outside in 18th position is Ed Bogus of Elkin, North Carolina in the Rumpel's Furniture Chevrolet. His speed, 139.864. Mike Porter of Bluefield, West Virginia, who's been making his name well-known in this part of the country this year. In the Childers Racing Chevrolet, his speed, 138.189 to occupy the... 19th position. In 20th will be Keith Newburn of Sanford, North Carolina in the Gaston Performance Chevrolet. His speed 120.743. He had some sort of problems when he was qualifying. Now the following cars did not make a qualifying run, but they were lined up in this order. In 21st position Bobby Fisher of Charlotte, North Carolina in the Stroh's Beer Pontiac. 22nd will be Joey Michaels of Baltimore, Maryland in the Michaels Chevrolet. 23rd will be Benny Curley of Hidnight, North Carolina in the Don Chow and Son Chevrolet. 24th will be Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina, and Gant, incidentally, will be starting right up there in fourth position in tomorrow's World 600. He's driving the Cheryl Green Chevrolet. 25th will be Satch Worley of Rocky Mountain, Virginia, in the Race Hill Farm Chevrolet. This is the car that Satch attempted to qualify for the World 600, but he didn't make the cut. In the 26th position will be Joe Mahalik of Murraysville, Pennsylvania, in the Mahalik 
Oldsmobile and Mihalik also attempted to qualify for the World 600. In fact, many of these cars did, and they simply did not run fast enough to make that elite field, the World 600. And incidentally, it is one of the fastest fields ever assembled and certainly the closest qualifying for any Grand National race here at Charlotte Motor Speedway or anywhere else. Starting in the 27th position will be Bobby Walwack of Villa Park, Illinois. Uh, Bobby ran about 152 in trying to qualify for the World 600, so these cars were not permitted, so I understand, to qualify. They could draw, drop in the back of the field if there were positions open, and, of course, that was the case here. Earl Brooks of Christianburg, Virginia, will be driving the handy transmission Chevrolet starting 28th and 29th would be Nelson Oswell of Bremen, Georgia in the perfect alignment Chevrolet. Starting 30 in the rear of the pack will be Tom Foley of Burlington, North Carolina in the Holler Chevrolet. 30 cars set to go in this 100-mile, $30,000 national championship event for the late model sportsman cars. And Jackie Arut, the fact that there are more short track cars in this field here. It could make for a super competitive event. Well, Ned, if you look at the breakout, too, we've got 20 Chevrolets, five Pontiacs, three Fords, and two Mercuries. So it looks as if Chevrolet is the dominating factor, both in late model sportsman competition. But you've got to look at that Mercury on the outside, or actually the, the truck's more Ford of Dick Brooks, that super speedway car. And this will be Brooks's first start in the super speedway ride and that is indeed what it is in fact that's his old car from last year in the winston cup grand national competition he's been running up and down the east coast trying to qualify for enough races he intends to run a lot of, a lot of late model sportsman stuff this year well a lot of the grand national drivers are anxious to get in enough races so that they could come back here in the fall and run that world service line 300 race which has the largest purse of any event they run in and this year they have to run at least 15 races before, I think it's September the 15th, before they would be permitted to qualify for that event. And this race here today, of course, would qualify him. And incidentally, the winner of this race today, also it is a qualifying race for the World Service Life 300. So the winner of this race will be guaranteed a position for that race. Of course, there will be certain qualifying uh, uh, restrictions involved, or he would have to run a certain speed. But certainly if he wins this race today, he shouldn't have any problem in qualifying in the fall. You've talked a lot about the physical improvements of the facility, but they've also done an awful lot of work on the racetrack surface itself. And I asked Dick Brooks yesterday if he thought this was an easy racetrack to drive. No, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's kind of a sleeper. Like you say, it's, uh, it looks like you could just drive the car into the turn until it breaks and you can drive away. Well, you can for the first three or four laps, and then after that you can't anymore. It doesn't, uh, the second turn will get you. You know, it just, it's, uh, for some reason or another over there, you would be doing fine and all of a sudden you're backwards, you know. He certainly hopes he will not be backwards this afternoon. <laughs> well, but. Dick has had a couple of backward positions uh, sometime in the past, but he's been running very well this year on the NASCAR Winston Cup circuit and sitting right up there on the outside pole. As a matter of fact, it was sort of, a, of an afterthought that they brought that car here. Dick Brooks has a Honda dealership down at, at uh, Albemarle, North Carolina. So they're just having a grand opening this weekend, and they had this car on display there so the fans could come by and get a closer look at, at one of the... Uh, cars that runs on the super speedways and late yesterday afternoon as they were leaving here junior don levy and the crew decided that they would bring it up here and race it now the schedule for these cars has been rather short the humpy wheeler the manager of the speedway here decided not to make it a two or three day affair in qualifying these cars because many of these fellows ran last night in fact in some of the same cars that we're seeing here today at uh, tracks around the country, and, and many of them have to race tonight somewhere, and that's one reason it's scheduled as early this afternoon as it is, 
so these fellows can get on to wherever they might want to race tonight. They'll be going to Hickory Speedway and Langley Speedway and Nashville, Tennessee, and all over. The command has just been given to gentlemen, fire your engine. So this race will be getting underway very shortly. And we'll be back to the Charlotte Motor Speedway with more of the Sportsman 100 after this. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a five and a quarter ounce bottle of Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner for $3.99. Clean and lubricate your fuel system while increasing miles per gallon with Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner for $3.99 at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires will get you there. Whether you're running on dirt or running a job. Our dependable, high-quality tires are the perfect fit for your needs. For unmatched value, selection, and warranty with industry-leading road hazard protection, there's only one choice, Hercules Tires. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com or call 800-677-9535. Hercules Tires, right on our strength. This is Ned Jarrett. Steve Hughes, J.D. Benfield, and Jackie Root here to bring you exclusive coverage of the Sportsman 100 at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. The cars are just about ready to roll off the line. Of course, Harry Gant is a very popular driver in the WFMX listening area. He did not make a qualifying run here today. He was one of those that was considered to have a good shot at sitting on the pole. He did not make a qualifying run, so he's going to be starting back there in 24th position. They have been working on the car. They do have it on the line, but they're still working on the car. One of the crewmen inside the car right now. Having a, lot of trouble, having a lot of trouble firing the engine, too, Ned. They've given the command, and the car is just beginning to roll now, being pushed off. They, uh, it could be an electrical problem on the car because now they're going to get it out of line and try and work on it some more. Gant had, has very high hopes in this race, and he also has very high hopes tomorrow for the World 600. He has the best ride that he's ever had for a NASCAR Winston Cup race, and he proved that he could handle the chore when he put that car up there in fourth place. And we'll just take a look here at uh, at the starting lineup. Jackie, you want to give a, a little bit of the starting lineup for tomorrow's World 600 while they get these cars ready to go. Tenth time in a row, David Pearson will bring the Pure Later Mercury to the pole position. He'll bring the field down. On the outside will be an ailing Cale Yarbrough, who's in having a bout with the flu, and we'll talk more about that, of course, on the Pit Road Preview Show this afternoon. Dave Marcus and Harry Gant will start in row number two for tomorrow's race. Dick Brooks, a surprise showing, starts on the inside of row three. On the outside, it's Bobby Allison. Cuckoo Marlin and Al Holbert fill row number four for tomorrow's race. Lenny Pond and Buddy Baker in row five. Ron Hutcherson in A.J. Foyt's machine will be starting in 11th position with Benny Parsons on the outside in the first National City Travelers Checks Oldsmobile. Neil Bonnet and Donnie Allison make it an all-Alabama row number seven for tomorrow's race. Skip Manning and Richard Petty fill row eight. Row nine belongs to Daryl Waltrip and Connie Saylor. Roland Wolotica and Ricky Rudd fill row number 10. Tom Gale and Richard Childress are in row 11. In row 12, it's Bill Elliott and Bruce Hill, D.K. Ulrich, and Grant Adcox fill the 13th row. 
14th row to Ty Scott and Dale Earnhardt. John Utzman and J.D. McDuffie are in row 15. And then it reads Gary Myers and Jerry Jolly starting 31st and 32nd. Morgan Shepard and Buddy Arrington 33rd and 34th. In row 18, it's Jim Vandiver and Elmo Langley. Row 19, Ronnie Thomas and Farrell Harris. And rounding out the 40-car starting field for tomorrow's $350,000 World 600, it'll be Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama and Dick May of Watertown, New York. The cars now for the Sportsman 100 are moving into the third turn. On their parade lap, the crowd continues to come in here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. A very large crowd, perhaps 30 or 35,000 people on hand here this afternoon for the Sportsman 100 and the City Corps Can-Am 200. That's a 200-kilometer race using a portion of the mile-and-a-half speedway and, of course, the infield road course here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And a beautiful facility it is. The signal being given for one more lap this will before not, the green flag. This fall. will not be, Ned, your run-of-the-mill type late model sportsman event like the World 600 is tomorrow for Winston Cup Grand National Cars. This is a sprint race. You've got to come to the front and you've got to stay out front because in 100 miles, you better have your act dialed together right at the drop of the green flag. Absolutely. And they'll be going flat out once that green flag drops. And I think they'll be able to make it perhaps without a pit stop, at least if they should go all the way under the green, I expect that we'll see some of the cars at least trying to go. It'll push them trying to go 100 miles on a tank of gas, but I expect we'll see some of them trying to do that, and the others, depending on how hard they run, will have to come in at least for a gas stop. We was talking with some of the fellows down in the pits this morning, and the fellows who don't have big dollar sponsorships and there's not that many in the field here for this type of an event would not plan to change tires. I know Glenn Jarrett said he was planning to go all the way on one set of tires and Presley said he hoped to go all the way although he has tires uh, and a crew standing by just in case. And Jackie, I didn't check but I'm sure that they have the rule going that they can uh, only use one jack and uh, certain restrictions as far as the uh, pit stops are concerned. It makes for interesting pit stops, Ned, because they do restrict the operation of these teams because they're they're Saturday night racers. Mm -hmm. They don't want them to invest the, the kind of money that we see on the Winston Cup circuit with special jacks and air wrenches, etc. And the tire question could be a key factor here this afternoon because we all know that tires work good for five or ten laps and then they begin to go away. And you can't afford to come into the pits that often to change tires because it's such a short race. And certainly not under the green. The cars are coming off of the fourth turn now, getting ready for a start. Bob Presley, point leader on the point in car number 34. Dick Brooks on the outside and the green flag waves here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Dick Brooks moves out into the car going into the first turn. Butch Lindley trying to move on the outside of Bob Presley as they go into the first turn. Presley cuts him off. Brooks with a three-car length lead now as they head off of the second turn. Brooks, of course, very familiar with this Charlotte Motor Speedway. He's been here all week in practice. He had very little practice in this car. Now Presley beginning to move in. He's caught the draft of Brooks as they go down the backstretch into the third turn. He moves to within two car lengths as they move into the third turn. Butch Lindley running in third place. Dale Earnhardt is fourth. And Jack Ingram in fifth as they come off of the fourth turn to complete the first lap. Presley pressing hard right on the bumper of Dick Brooks as he crosses the start-finish line is Brooks. Presley... Butch Lindley, here's Earnhardt trying to move on the outside of Lindley and does as they go into the first turn. Lindley has never been one to run too hard on the super speedways. He don't like them that well. Here's Presley trying to take the lead off of the second turn. He gets the fender alongside of Dick Brooks. He moves alongside and gets a nose out in front as they go into the third turn. So Bob Presley 
who dropped back on the start of the race, has taken the lead. And here's Earnhardt moving on the inside of Brooks as they come over the fourth turn. Earnhardt takes over second place. So the Nova Chevrolets showing their wear here this afternoon as they run first and second. Brooks now trying to move back on the outside of Earnhardt as they move into the third turn. Jack Ingram running fourth, Butch Lindley in fifth place. A good race going on right now as the cars run in single file. Bob Presley in the lead. He's the national point leader. Been running all over the country, including Canada, trying to gain points to win his first national title ever. He's been winning a lot of short track races. He'll be running tonight in Nashville, Tennessee. Earnhardt trying to move in as they come off of the fourth turn. He's about six car lengths behind. Brooks about six car lengths behind Earnhardt. And then comes Jack Ingram in the Ford, Butch Lindley in the Chevrolet, Morgan Shepard, Tommy Houston, Glenn Jarrett, and Buddy Howard. Consultation flag being displayed for car number 86, Keith Newburn of Sanford, North Carolina. They're bringing in the Gaston Performance Chevrolet, and they'll inspect it on pit road. So it's still Presley in the lead with Dale Earnhardt pressing hard as they go into the third turn. Earnhardt moves right on the bumper of Presley. Presley running the low groove as they go into that turn. Earnhardt started high, but decided to go low, and now he's trying to dip on the inside. we got one car moving very slowly off of the second turn, but Presley cut Earnhardt off as Earnhardt tried to make a move on him. Butch Lindley now trying to move back around Jack Ingram. Lindley running in fifth place. The first six cars running very close together. It's Presley, Earnhardt, Dick Brooks, and now Ingram goes high on the second turn. Lindley moves under him and moves into fourth place. Morgan Shepard moving right up on the back bumper of Jack Ingram. Ingram went very high on that second turn, gathered it back in, and dropped back in single file. Car number 86 making his way onto pit road. It's still Presley in the lead, Earnhardt. Right on his bumper. They're beginning to pull away a little bit now from Dick Brooks. They've opened up about a 15-car length lead on the third-place car. Butch Lindley moving in on Brooks now. Lindley running fourth. Jack Ingram fifth. Morgan Shepard sixth. And can't see the number on that car running seventh. That'd Jack be Tommy Ingram. Houston. It'd be Tommy. running in seventh in car number 38. But what's interesting, Ned, is the way that they've hitched up in the draft. We don't talk about the draft here at Charlotte, but your two lead cars, Presley and Earnhardt, have hitched it up, and they're beginning to pull away to about a two-second lead over Dick Brooks and Butch Lindley. And Brooks is having his problems now into turn number one as he's trying to hold off Butch Lindley. They go across the bump. Lindley takes the low route, and Brooks just closes the door in the middle groove, so they continue to run nose to tail. And I'm sure that everyone thought Dick Brooks would have a distinct advantage in this race because of his experience on super speedways and the experience of Junior Donlevy in setting up a sportsman car. But those two front cars have hooked up in that draft with Presley leading and Earnhardt running in second place and are pulling away from the field right now. There's caution on the speedway at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Glenn Jarrett blew an engine. He was running in eighth place, blew an engine down the front straightaway. He pulled it down to the inside of the track, but apparently losing some water and oil and a couple of the cars have spun out. Joe Mihalik was one of them, and all of them, I believe, are going to be able to continue under their own power. They spun out to the grass apron here at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and now they've fired them up and coming into the pits. And coming into the pits right now is Jack Ingram, who was running in the fourth position, Tommy Houston, who was running seventh in car number 38, Harry Gant coming in in car number 77, Joey Michaels, Satch Worley in car number 47. Now Jared coasting in. In the WFMX Bush Beer, Mercury was running right up there with the leaders in eighth position with that car, but a lot of smoke coming from it, and it's brought out the first caution here this afternoon. Bob Presley still leading. He and Earnhardt raced back to the 
to the start finish line, but Presley beat him just by a fender. Nine laps have been completed. Bob Jarvis coming in in the car number 87. Houston has his car serviced. Now going back down pit road, so does Satch Worley. The crew of Jack Ingram are checking the tires on, on that car number 94, a Ford. And Jarvis was the first car to spin in Jarrett's oil, and you can see the problems with the left front quarter panel as the crew goes to work on it. He took about two 360 trips into the infield retaining barrier that borders the infield here, and it tore up the front end of the car, but he's managed to bring it around, and the caution came out on the ninth lap, Ned, the first caution of the afternoon. Coming down pit road is car number 50 being driven here by Joe Frazon. Joe was one of those that failed to qualify for the World 600. We were giving you the rundown. Uh, Jackie Root gave you the, the rundown for the, or the lineup for the World 600 and very close qualifying. Uh, only about a second separated the fastest car, which of course was David Pearson, and the last place car. So the qualifying very, very close. One of the fastest fields that's ever been assembled here. Gant has his car back out on the track. So does Joey Michaels. All of those cars getting back out without losing a lap. Joe Mahalik driving an Oldsmobile. I think we had him listed as Chevrolet here, but he's actually in an Oldsmobile, and that's the car he would have driven in the World 600. The rules for the sportsman race are very similar to the Grand National cars, and that's why they're permitted since there were not enough of the sportsman cars here to completely fill the field, and the Grand National cars that did not make the field were permitted to move over and, and make a run here, and the sportsman guys are really showing what they can do against the Grand National competitors. We have uh, Humpy Wheeler, the vice president and general manager of the Charlotte Motor Speedway, who has moved into our booth here. Another car coming into the pits. The caution is still out. Humpy, you have to be pleased with this real fine crowd on hand this afternoon. Yeah, great crowd. I think, uh, Ned, they, uh, a lot of them came out just to see what uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway, the new Charlotte Motor Speedway is and what it's like, and uh, they're getting a real taste of it. Bob Presley's doing a heck of a job, and geez, Dale Earnhardt is right on his back bumper, and uh, uh, they're getting a, I think it's going to be a tremendous show today in the sportsman race, and then the K&M after that. But you know, uh, uh, these the people just really are uh, responding nicely to the uh, new addition, the expansion, and uh, everything. And, and that pleases all of us because people talk about me or Bruton or whatever it is, but it's, it's you know, about 100 people that are uh, really put their heart and soul in this thing. I probably have put less in it than anybody. And, I don't uh, believe that. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, it's just been a, a big effort for everybody. Well, it's certainly interesting just to stand down here as the people walk in to the main grandstand area and up the new entrance there and just see them with their mouths gapped open. They can't believe what they're seeing, that it's happened in such a short period of time since last October. Well, you can get a lot done if you have to, and I'm glad Jackie O'Root came up this time without a black cloud over his head, and it looks like you're getting pretty close to a restart. Yes, they're scheduled to start as they come off of the fourth turn this time. The pace car, the Charlotte Motor Speedway Dodge Magnum, leads them around off of the fourth turn. Bob Presley and Dale Earnhardt, or Dick Brooks, neither, made a pit stop, and the pace car pulls off of the track, and the green flag waves again here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Presley leads them across the start-finish line with Dale Earnhardt second, Dick Brooks third, Butch Lindsey fourth, Jack Ingram fifth, and here comes Joe Frazon moving up in sixth place and the Marion Cox Mercury. Earnhardt falling right back in on the rear bumper of Bob Presley trying to set up that draft again. They had pulled away by some three or four seconds before the caution came out. They had it working to their advantage and now they've opened up about a 15 or 20 car length lead over Dick Brooks who 
is driving a car that has run in Grand National competition. Ray Hendrick drove this car at Talladega a few weeks ago in, in a 300-mile sportsman race and finished in the top five with the car. Now Earnhardt trying to make a move as it crossed the start-finish line, but Presley says, no, I'm leading this race, and he holds on. Earnhardt trying to move on the inside. Presley moves to the low side of the track going into the first turn and holds Earnhardt off. But they've got that draft working again, and the draft very definitely works here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway because they're moving down these straightaways at about 175 or 180 miles an hour because they qualified at over 157, the top cars, or at least Bob Presley, which means that they would be running 175 or 180 on the straightaways. A battle for the third position as Butch Lindley tries to move on the inside of Dick Brooks. They're side by side as they cross the start-finish line. It's a dead heat between Lindley, last year's national champion, and Dick Brooks, one of the grand national drivers. He'll be starting in fifth place tomorrow. Brooks beats him into the turn, though. He drives deeper, and Butch Lindley backed off on the inside. He falls right on the rear bumper. Bob Brooks now is to hit off the second turn and down the backstretch. Bob Preston now has opened up a 10-car length lead over Dale Earnhardt beginning to pull away a little bit here and those two cars have moved about two or three seconds ahead of the third and fourth place car and that battle continues off of the fourth turn between Dick Brooks on the outside and Butch Lindley on the inside. Brooks driving a Ford, Lindley in a Chevrolet and Jack Ingram just sitting on their bumper sitting there watching the two of them ready to make a move if the opportunity should present itself and Ingram certainly is no stranger to Charlotte Motor Speedway or Super Speedways. And now Butch Lindley moves on the inside. He gets a nose out in front of Brooks as they head off in the second turn. Brooks trying to come back up on the outside. He moves the Ford up even with Lindley as they move into the third turn. Let's see who will go in the deepest. Brooks drives a little bit deeper, but now Lindley puts the pedal to the metal and moves right out in front of Dick Brooks and takes over the third position. Lindley driving a Monte Carlo Chevrolet. Now Brooks trying to make a move on the outside again as they come across the start-finish line. But Lindley holding on to that third position. Now Brooks trying to go high as they move into the second turn. It seems that Brooks' car is moving a little high as he goes into that turn. It might be a little bit loose with him because he's losing time in the turns. Lindley picked up about five car lengths in the first and second turns. Now Brooks moves back in as he goes into the third turn. Meanwhile, Bob Presley has opened up about a 25 or 30 car length lead over Dale Earnhardt as they come across the start-finish line. Earnhardt then crosses one and three-tenths seconds separating the first and second place car as Bob Presley has broken the draft and moved away from Dale Earnhardt. Presley is showing what is making him the current national point leader. He's making a very determined effort to win his first national championship ever. Presley has been racing for a long time around Hickory and Asheville, Harris Speedway, and other short tracks around the Carolinas. Never made much of an effort towards trying to win points, but last year he got a new sponsor, the Precision Products people from Asheville, and they put him in the best car that he'd ever had, and he responded by winning more races than he had in, in several years, and so they decided to send him after the national championship this year. Presley has not run the super speedways in the past, but he's showing right here that his short track experience has paid off because he's pacing the field here in that car number 34. Now, most of you fans uh, would recognize Presley in car number four at Hickory and some of the other tracks, but he's run number 34 on the super speedways because the number four was assigned to Joey Michaels several years ago, and Joey maintains that number on the super speedways. 
Iranians, in fact, had just lapped Joey Michael uh, in the last time around. And it, uh, Presley, in trying to get through the traffic, took it a little bit easier. Earnhardt moved in a little closer on him, but he still has a comfortable lead. Running third is Butch Lindley. And fourth place is Dick Brooks. Jack Ingram is fifth. Those five cars have pulled away from the rest of the field. Satch Worley running in sixth place. Tommy Houston now trying to move around Worley as they go into the third turn, battling for the sixth position. Houston made a pit stop and had to go to the rear of the field, but he's moved right back up in there now as they move into the third turn, moving back into the number six position. Ned, we've had five retirees thus far in the early going with 20 laps completed. Tommy Robbs is retired. Keith Newburn is retired. Of course, Glenn Jarrett, Ed Bogus, and J.D. McDuffie has just brought his car behind the wall. So there's five cars out of the race thus far. Leaving 25 in the field, $4,000 going to the winner of this 100-mile race here this afternoon. Morgan Shepard racing right in there in that battle with Tommy Houston and Satch Worley. Houston now beginning to pull away from, from Worley. Now Morgan Shepard has moved around Satch Worley. Harry Gant in the car number 77 has moved up on Satch Worley. He's trying to make his way up through the field. Gant was certainly one of those that, since he has a Monte Carlo Chevrolet that's been so successful in late model sportsman competition, they were very successful when they were running in the Grand National this uh, particular series of Monte Carlo, because there's certainly still a lot of Monte Carlo Chevrolets running in Grand National competition and doing very well, as Darrell Waltrip and some of the other drivers will testify. But this uh, 72 model that Gant is running out here was very successful in his day as a Grand National car, and they've been very successful in late model sportsman competition also. That car owned by Cheryl Green of Morganton, North Carolina. So we have a three-way battle right now between three drivers who have raced many, many times at Hickory Speedway and a lot of the other short tracks around the country doing battle here on the Super Speedway, that being Tommy Houston and Morgan Shepard and Harry Gant have a little battle of their own. They're running 6th, 7th, and 8th. Right now on the speedway, they're about uh, a third of a lap behind the leader, Bob Presley. Now Dale Earnhardt beginning to move in a little bit on Presley. Presley taking it very easy as he moves around traffic. That could be because of his lack of experience on super speedway. He just doesn't want to take any chance. And certainly the wind coming off of these cars is quite different than running on the short track. And it makes the car move around. And Presley, I'm sure, uh, doesn't want to get himself in a position as well as that car is running here this afternoon of getting it uh, out of shape. Let's take a look at 11th on back on the field, Ned. In 11th position is uh, Joe Persone. In 12th is John Kennedy. In 13th position is Joe Mahalik. 14th to Benny Curley. 15th goes to Charlie Blanton. And in 16th position, they're showing car number 81, Jim Pooby. 13 cars now in the same lap, and Bob Presley is coming up on Benny Curley, and a caution is on the track again. For Charlie Blanton, the double zero has come to rest on the backstretch. As he brings, the, brings it onto pit road, there's been a problem with Blanton's car, but there's also another car that is going slow, and that's Nelson Oswald's car. As he goes down the backstretch, a lot of smoke could be an expired engine. Nelson Oswald, another one of the drivers attempting to make the World 600, and he simply couldn't get her up to speed. You had to qualify at well over 153 miles an hour to make the field for the World 600, so the second caution of the day here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. No major damage to the cars, but some debris on the track, plus the fact that we had uh, had two cars that were down on the apron. The second caution of the day is out here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The leader, Bob Presley, coming into the pits. Dale Earnhardt comes right in on his bumper. Butch Lindley and Dick Brooks came in the lap before Tommy Houston back in the pits. And Harry Gant was in for a change of tires on the right side. A break for Benny 
Curly this caution because Curly was just about to be lapped by the leader, so he got to go all the way around the racetrack and catch back up, so he remains in the same lap. Ned, Bob Presley had a very close call on pit road as he was coming down to find his pits. Exiting was Bobby Fisher, and Bobby was in the middle groove in the pit road area, and he just about stuffed Benny Curley as he looked for his pits, and it was real tight action there as Curley was pitting about, oh, 15 pits further down. Presley, that was. Presley. Yeah, Benny, Benny Curley is going into the pits right now as he's caught up to the field. Most of the cars taking advantage of this caution period. We wondered if those, since uh, Presley and Earnhardt, did not come in on the last caution if they were going to try to go all the way, but they did not. They have come in now and made pit stop. Some of them just taking on gasoline. Gant and a few others changed tires. I believe Lindley, Presley, and Earnhardt only took on gasoline. They checked those uh, cars out and just took on the gasoline. I believe we're about ready to go again now as the Dodge Magnum pace car comes off of the fourth turn. And car number seven, Morgan Shepard, is in the lead. Morgan is currently in third place in the national point standing, so he's in the lead, driving a Pontiac Ventura. Dick Brooks would be in second place. Dale Earnhardt third, Jack Ingram fourth, Butch Lindley fifth, Harry Gant sixth, Joe Ferzon in seventh place. Where does Presley go? Presley is way back in the field. He's some five or six or seven seconds behind the leader as Presley did not get caught up to the field before the green flag wave, so he's got some making up to do. As he comes off of the second turn, the leaders are going into the third turn in a battle for the number two position. Earnhardt trying to move on the inside of Dick Brooks. He gets a nose out in front of him and passes him, takes over the second position as Morgan Shepard leads off of the fourth turn to the start-finish line. It's Shepard in a Pontiac, Earnhardt in a Chevrolet, and Dick Brooks in a Ford. So Brooks is seeing what these fellows are made of that run on the short track three and four and five times a week. Now Earnhardt trying to take the lead from Morgan Shepard. He's got a nose alongside him as he hit off of the second turn. Shepard not giving up easily, though. He's hanging on tight on the outside. Now Shepard begins to pull away. Brooks moves up on the back bumper of Shepard, gets in the draft, and pulls Shepard right away from Earnhardt as Earnhardt was trying to move around Shepard. Now Earnhardt has to repass Brooks and does as they head off of the fourth turn. They're in single file. Those first three cars running bumper to bumper. Morgan Shepard in the lead. Dale Earnhardt second. Now Earnhardt going to try him on the outside. But Shepard says, nope, I got that position. Buddy, you're going to have to pass me the hard way. So Morgan Shepard hangs on to the lead going into the first turn, but Dale Earnhardt really putting the pressure on just inches off of his bumper as he heads off of the second turn. Brooks now has dropped back about six or seven car length as those front two cars battle for that lead. Now Earnhardt tries to make a move on the inside. Shepard going high into the third turn. Earnhardt staying down low. He gets a nose alongside him. Earnhardt take, gets a nose out in front as they move off of the fourth turn. Shepard not giving up easily. He's still trying to come back on the outside as they come to the stripe. It's a dead heat between Earnhardt on the inside, Shepard on the outside. Now Brooks right still on the back bumper of those two cars. Harry Gant now is running the farthest up in the field he has all afternoon as he's running in fourth position. Give seventh to Bob Presley as he tries to catch the leaders, Ned. As he goes into turn one, the leaders are midway down the backstretch. Presley is perhaps the fastest car on the track right now as he weaves through the traffic trying to make up that time that was lost when he did not get out of the pits as early as the others. Earnhardt still trying to move around. Morgan Shepard, he's trying on the outside as they come over the fourth turn. He's got a fender alongside him. Here they come back to the line. It's another dead heat to the start-finish line. Shepard really hanging on tight here in this battle 100 miles 
They're still side by side off of the second turn. Now Earnhardt gets a nose out in front as they head off of the second turn. Brooks just sitting on the back bumper. These two cars watching. Now Shepard trying to move back on the inside. He's not giving up. He's got a half a car length on Earnhardt as to move into the third turn. He drives deep into that third turn, but Earnhardt drives a little deeper on the outside. They're still side by side as they head off of the fourth turn. Tommy Houston in the pits in the car number 38. And Earnhardt now takes the lead as they come over the fourth turn. Shepard pushing him across the start finish line. But Earnhardt has the lead with Dick Brooks right on their back bumper. Harry Gant running in fourth place. Butch Lindley running in fifth place. Presley moving around John Kennedy's car, car number zero. That's one of the Grand National cars that didn't make it. We'll get a separation between Earnhardt. And here's Shepard now trying to move on the inside of Earnhardt as they go into the third turn. He picked up the draft and really dove right on the inside of him. But Earnhardt boxes him in behind Joe Mahaley in a nosemobile who is being lapped. And so Earnhardt maintains the lead as they come over the fourth turn. We'll get a separation between Earnhardt and Presley and see how much time Presley has to make up. Butch Lindley now moving around Harry Gant on the outside to take over the fourth position. Gant seems to have slowed down a little bit. Jack Ingram moving up on the back bumper of Gant as they go into the first turn. Gant running on the inside of the track now. Ingram trying to move by on the outside. 10.83 seconds, the separation between first places. There's a battle for that first position, and Bob Presley as he tries to close. Presley has a lot of traffic to maneuver around, and here's the battle coming off of the fourth turn. Shepard on the inside. He gets a nose out in front. He has about two feet on Earnhardt as they come to the stripe, and now Dick Brooks trying to move. Oh, well, he's on the back bumper of Earnhardt. He tried the inside. He couldn't go anywhere there, so he moved up behind uh, Earnhardt on the outside. It's still a side-by-side -side battle for the lead. A tremendous race going on here this afternoon between these short track racers. Earnhardt boxes Shepard in behind a lap car, and Shepard has to drop back. Here comes Dick Brooks moving up on the outside, taking over the number two position. Brooks, car not handling very well. He's going very high into the turns. Losing a lot of time in the turns, but he's able to make it up on the straightaway. So Earnhardt now about a six-car length lead as they come to the strike. Over Dick Brooks, Morgan Shepard running right on the bumper of Brooks, running in third place. Fourth is Butch Lindley. Lindley now beginning to gain on the front runners. Jack Ingram running fifth. Harry Gant has definitely slowed down. He's moved to the inside of the track. Bob Preston now moving up on the outside of Gant as they go into the first turn and moves around him. Gant is not running up to par. His car running, uh, he's keeping it down on the inside of the track. He's had trouble with the car in practice and qualifying this morning. Didn't get to make a qualifying run. He's made pit stops under the caution. It's just not working for him here this afternoon. Well, he's had some body damage extensive on the front grill area, too. Ned, last pit stop through, he came down onto pit road, and Junior Johnson came over the wall, and they were literally trying to rip the grill out of the car number 77. They got it halfway done, and he had to go back out so he would not go a lap down before they dropped the green flag. I would guess the car is overheating, perhaps, Jackie, and they were trying to give it some more uh, air. Maybe some of it had been plugged up with a little bump with somebody out there, and they're trying to give it some more air. Tommy Houston coming down pit road again. Tommy running right up there with the leaders earlier today, but now he's uh, making his second pit stop under the green, and that hurts. Here's Earnhardt to the line. About eight car lamps over Dick Brooks. Morgan Shepard running in third place. They've just lapped uh, Benny Curley. Running in fourth is Butch Lindley and Jack Ingram running in fifth. Bob Preston now has moved up to the sixth position. Buddy Howard running in seventh in car number 31. Harry Kent dropping back to eighth place, running on the inside of the track. Joe Frazan is running in the ninth position. Presley That's having more than his share of problems, though, Ned. Last time around, 10.2 seconds. A spin and in turn number two. There's trouble on the second turn. 
The car is backed into the inside guardrail, and the number is uh, is away from us. As some, it's a blue car. That's about the only thing that we can say because the car is into the inside guardrail, and the number the track attendants are there with the car. It looked like he might have blown an engine because it looks like there might be a little water or oil or something down across the turn there on the second turn. A lot of problems with turn number two throughout the week here, Ned. This is not the first real bad lick we've had in turn number two, and a lot of the drivers say that turns one and two are the toughest part of this racetrack. That was a good lick. It tore the right side of the car right off. You can look through the glasses and you see the 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 pieces of debris have been scattered for about 50 yards or so. The GMC safety trucks are over there administering to the car right now, and he came right in the middle, right about where the turn two sign has been posted to this beautifully new Charlotte Motor Speedway, and wall up that Armco retaining barrier. And they say that part of the problem is the bump in turn number one, that it makes it a tricky setup to get through one, and usually it catches up to you around turn number two. If you don't get set up for for the, the next turn, going into number one, if you don't set up for number two, it's going to give you trouble when you come off of it. Darrell Waltrip having a problem over there earlier in the week. Of course, that came when he cut a tire down. The tire blew out and Waltrip spun into the wall, had to take the car home that he originally planned to run in the World 600 and went back and got uh, the one they call Big Bertha, I believe it is. And uh, that's the car that he ran up at Dover last week and that he normally runs on the short tracks. He brought that car back here and qualified second fastest on the second day, so he'll be starting in the 17th position alongside or, or right in there with Richard Petty, who was the fastest qualifier that day. Gant back in the pits with a hood up on that car. Junior Johnson and some of his crew down there helping Gant. They put the hood back down trying not to lose a lap, but Gant, that car is overheating. We can see steam coming from the car now. Tommy Houston back in the pits. Jack Ingram was in the pits again. This will give Presley a break because he'll be able to catch up to the field now as he was running about uh, nine or ten seconds behind the leaders. He was not gaining too much on them, so we'll see what he'll be able to do now that he's bunched up with them. And while we have caution on the track, we'll take this time out for these messages. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. on your next oil change when you purchase five quarts of Pennzoil high mileage motor oil and a microguard filter for the price of Pennzoil conventional. Now $26.99. Extend the life of your vehicle and save big with Pennzoil oil and filter specials at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Back to Charlotte Motor Speedway. See store for details. Oh, 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 a lot of the races this year at the Greenville Pickens Speedway. The car is resting down on the inside of the track against the guardrail. The safety crew is over there to assist him. They have not moved the car away from that position. And Jackie looked like he took a pretty good lick over there. Nettie indeed did. In fact, it moved the Armco retaining barrier on the outside of the racetrack about a foot and a half. You know, they're I, well, how fast would you say they're going into turn number two as they work in there? 
they would approach number one at probably 175 or 180. They need to slow down about 30 or 35 miles an hour, but then they begin picking up speed as they head off of number two. So they're probably back up to uh, 155 or 160 at least as they come off of that turn. Well, it was a full speed lick when he went to the outside and it brought the car back down onto the apron, but he hit it almost wide open right about the turn two area where the sign has been posted here at Charlotte. Bob Presley has been back in the pits. He changed the left side tires this time around. And I, just as, as I was seeing the field go by, I seen Presley's car sitting down there, and I don't know if he lost a lap or if he uh, had come in and, and they serviced the car that quick. He perhaps had come down pit road and was just stopping, and they were going to work on it. So we'll assume he did not lose a lap, but he did change the left side tires. So Presley will be back at the end of the field again. Harry Gant is back in the pit area, and it looks like they're pushing that car backwards and perhaps headed back to the garage area with the Cheryl Green Enterprise car number 77. Here's the leader, Dale Earnhardt, coming into the pits, and car number 90, Dick Brooks, back in. They're going to change the right side tires on Brooks' car. Earnhardt comes to a stop. Gary Hargett and the crew go to work on it, and they're changing the right side tires on Earnhardt's car. So these drivers can't afford to take any chances when any of the other leaders come in for a change of tires. Well, they got to come in too. So that's going to leave Morgan Shepard back in the lead again. Shepard was battling for that lead before the caution came out. He and Earnhardt and Dick Brooks dicing back and forth. Gant is still in the pits. They did not push it behind the wall. They have the hood up on it again now. Dick Brooks with his car service rolling back out. Earnhardt beats him out a little bit. Both of those cars changing right side tires. And Dale Earnhardt beats Brooks out of the pits. So there's another indication of the type work that these fellows can do. When you say late model sportsman racing, it is a very, very competitive form of racing. And they have some fine people working in the pits on these cars, too. And they're proving here today that they can perform right up there with the best of them because the Junior Don Levy crew finished second in the World Pit Crew Competition at the North Carolina Motor Speedway earlier this year. Benny Parsons' crew won that competition, but the Dick Brooks, uh, Junior Don Levy crew finished second. And so when Earnhardt's crew comes in there and, uh, and get, makes an equal pit stop or maybe just a little bit ahead of them, that's a fine tribute to those fellows uh, who work on these short track cars. The caution is still out. Morgan Shepard, the leader. Joe Frazan would be in second place. Satch Worley, according to the scoreboard, is in uh, the third position. And Jack Ingram should be running in the fourth position in car number 94. He made a pit stop on that last caution. But we'll have a complete rundown for you here very shortly and see exactly where they're standing. 43 laps have been completed, 67 laps in this race. There are 24 laps remaining. The City Corps Can-Am 200 will come up after this race, scheduled to begin at 2.30 here this afternoon. The infield completely jammed here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Now, they had to keep about half of the infield open due to the Can-Am race that uses the infield road course. And after that race, of course, they'll permit cars to move into that area. So uh, those of you who had plans of going to the infield, there still will be some space in there, but we have a feeling there'll be a mad rush for it because there are a lot of vehicles on the outside 
that will want to move in and they can move in, of course, after these races are completed here this afternoon. Ned, you can't help but be impressed, too, with the facility. It's, it's finally manicured. It just is one of the nicest places, and we go to quite a few races over the span of the year. This place compares with, well, it can't be compared to anywhere else that we stop. It, it just is an absolutely gorgeous renovation, and Humpy Wheeler, Bruton Smith, and the rest of the crew here are to be commended because what we left after the Napa National 500, if you folks have not been here since that race, you should get out for the World 600 because you won't believe it's the same racetrack. You certainly won't. They're pulling Buddy Howard's car down pit road now, and boy, that thing has really taken a lick. The right front of that car just pushed right back to the cowl the hood is gone from the car. The right side bashed in against the roll bars, the sheet metal completely against the roll bars on the right side. So Buddy Howard really took a lick. Car number 87, Bob Jarvis moving back out onto the track after making a pit stop. Tommy Houston and Harry Gant, two arch rivals on the short tracks, both in the pits right now. Gant has been in for some time. The hood's still up on that car. They're still working on it. Houston had made a couple of pit stops under the green, so he's out of it as far as his potential to win. He's on pit road right now. The field coming off of the fourth turn. I believe the signal will be given for one more lap. Yes, it is. One more lap, and we'll be back underway here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. 44 laps now complete. It'll be 45 as they come across the start-finish line. 22 laps remaining, and it's going to be a mad dash right down to the wire. It'll be a sprint race. Even if they had gone under the green all the way, it would have been a sprint race. But now, with only 22 laps remaining, it's going to be a dog-eat-dog -dog type of a situation. And, Jackie, we must have about six or seven cars or seven or eight still in the same lap. We're showing eight cars in the same lap, and, of course, there's a possibility with these pit stops that some of these leaders might have been able to get a lap back, some of, some of the runners. Uh, but the thing that's going to be interesting to watch now, Ned, is the charge of the light brigade from the back of the pack. Brooks and Earnhardt are about midway in the field as they come out of turn number two. You've got Presley directly in front of them. You've got Joe Fersone and Morgan Shepard who elected to stay out, and they've inherited the lead positions, and it's going to be one whale of a finish. Tommy Houston pulls the car number 38 behind the wall, so he's giving it up for today. Tommy will head up towards the Hickory Speedway where he'll be running tonight. Gant still in the pits with the hood up. They haven't given up completely, but he knows that he's out of it here this afternoon. But he does have very, very high hopes tomorrow because since he qualified in fourth position on Wednesday, Gant in practice runs has been running as good or better than most any car in the field. He's really been running strong. We're about ready to resume the action here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Buddy Howard of Greenville, South Carolina, taking a tremendous lick on that second turn, bringing out the third caution of the afternoon. That car demolished the front end as they pulled it back into the pit area. Howard has been taken to the infield track hospital here for a checkup. But we're about ready to resume this race. There will be 20 laps remaining when the green flag falls again. Harry Gant has given it up. They pushed that car back into the pit area, garage area, behind the wall. So Gant has to give it up. For this one, the caution still out. The Dodge Magnum pace car leads them off the fourth turn. And the signal now being given for one more lap. In the City Corps Can-Am 200, which is scheduled to get underway here at 2.30 this afternoon, Alan Jones of Australia will be starting on the pole. His time, 1 minute 9 0.921 seconds, 115.845. Now, that might not sound very impressive, but you have to take into consideration 
the very short turns that they have on the road course here, which slows them down in some points perhaps to 50 or 60 miles an hour, and then they would actually reach speeds higher than the Grand National cars on portions of the oval track. So don't let that speed fool you as to what these cars are capable of running. Here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, bringing you the 100-mile late-model sportsman race. So many of the drivers in this field are drivers that you fans listening in have seen run on the short tracks around the country. And we at WFMX felt that you might, if you were not able to be here this afternoon, that you might want to hear about what's happening, and that's what we're here for. Morgan Shepard in the lead now is a green flag scheduled to reappear as they come off of the fourth turn. The Dodge Magnum pace car pulls off the track down on pit road, and Shepard puts the pedal to the metal, as they say, and pours on the coal and opens up a good lead as he comes off of that fourth turn. Boy, he was ready for it. Joe Prezan running in second place, Seth Worley running in the third position. They have car number zero listed up in there, John Kennedy, uh, Jackie, but I thought he had been lapped a little bit earlier, but maybe not. Well, he might have been just about to be lapped net on one of those cautions, but the guy that's beginning to turn the wick up is Joe Frisone, who's battling with Satch Worley for second position. Frisone had a miscue on the restart, and he almost got into the back bumper almost landed in the lap of Satch Worley, but now they've brought it up to full speed, and Worley's trying the inside as they come out of turn number four for second spot. A battle for the number two position as Morgan Shepard has moved away. He's opened about a 30-car length lead, and now Satch Worley moving on the inside and taking over second position from Joe Frazan, and here comes Jack Ingram, the Ironman from Asheville, North Carolina, trying to move on the inside of Frazan as they go into the first turn. They almost touch metal as they go into that turn, and Frazan has to go high as Ingram, just like if he was on a half-a-mile track, moved right on the inside and brushed him aside, moved right around, took over the third place. Now he's working on Worley as they go into the third turn. Ingram moves to the inside. Satch Worley on the outside, a Ford on the inside, and then a Chevrolet driven by Worley. Now Ingram takes over the number two position. He's on the move trying to get that Brookshire Ford up there in the running with Morgan Shepard. Shepard got a good jump on the restart and a battle back in the field as Bob Presley tries to make his way up through the pack. He's trying to move around for Zahn, taking over the fifth place. Dick Brooks moves into fourth place. So it's Morgan Shepard out front with a good lead. Jack Ingram running second. Satch Worley in third position and now a battle for the fourth position between Bob Presley and Dick Brooks. Presley on the inside as they move into the third turn. Brooks on the outside. Presley gets a nose out in front as they head off the second turn and Presley takes over the fourth position. He's got that Chevrolet humming now, trying to get back to the front position. He dominated this race early today. Dale Earnhardt now right on the back bumper of Dick Brooks. Earnhardt has also been one of those front runners. He's run first or second up until he made this last pit stop. So he's trying to get back into the thick of things. He gets the fender alongside Brooks as they head off of the second turn. It looked like they touched metal as they came off of that turn. Now they're side by side as they head down the back stretch. Brooks beats him into the third turn. That Ford a little bit stronger on the straightaway than the Chevrolet, but Earnhardt drives deep into the turn. Brooks now trying to find him an inside groove. He's been running a little higher than the other drivers on the track. So he moved it on the inside, cut Earnhardt off as they come over the foot turn. So Earnhardt still having to chase Brooks. The second and third and fourth place cars now beginning to close a little bit of that distance between themselves and Morgan Shepard. Indeed, they are dead at a rate of about three-tenths of a second per lap as Jack Ingram leads the field around. They're trying to close in on Morgan Shepard, and there would be time as we're working the 53rd lap of this 67-lap event. They've worked up a draft there. Ingram running in second place, Satch Worley running in third position, and Bob Presley right on the back bumper of Worley as they come over the fourth turn. 
Presley trying to move to the inside as they come over that turn, but they're working in a draft and gaining on Morgan Shepard. And Dale Earnhardt now moving around on the outside of Dick Brooks, taking over that number five position. And now that lead is 1.7 seconds, so they are definitely cutting it down. And Morgan Shepard just sitting there running as hard as he can do and nothing that he can do about it as he looks in his rearview mirror and sees those cars coming up on it. We're going to have one tremendous race right down to the finish because there is 14 laps remaining. There'll be 13 when they come back to the stripe. Shepard coming off of the fourth turn. Boy, he would like to see those laps clip off in a faster pace than they are right now because he knows those second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth place cars are bearing down on him. Earnhardt has moved around. Dick Brooks this time around is one and five, six hundred, one and fifty-six hundred seconds. So the gain, fourteen hundredths of a second on Shepard that time around. Presley having trouble getting around. Satch Worley, he's got a nose under him now as they head off of the second turn. He tries to move on the inside, but Worley hanging tight as they move into the third turn. Worley running third, but here comes Presley driving deep into that third turn. Moves alongside of Satch Worley. Presley knows that he's going to have to drive his heart out now if he's going to get up there and be in contention for the win here this afternoon. Now Presley takes over that number three position. He zeroes in on Jack Ingram. He's got about 10 car lengths to make up on Ingram. Meanwhile, Ingram is moving in a little closer on Shepard, and they better not look back because here comes Dale Earnhardt in the car number 80 and Dick Brooks in that car number 90. So six cars, I would say either one of them, would have the potential to win this race at this point. One and 44 hundredths of a second. Ingram was behind Shepard the last time around, and he's closing every lap. Now, Presley has closed that 10-car length lead to nothing. As they come off of the fourth turn, Presley has moved right up on the back bumper of Jack Ingram as they continue to gain on Morgan Shepard. Satch Worley dropped off the pace a little bit now, although he's still running in fourth place, but Dale Earnhardt and Dick Brooks moving in quickly on him. One second flat the last time around, so they're mowing that lead down, and here's Presley trying to move on the inside of Jack Ingram. Those two drivers have battled fiercely on the short tracks. They've had a lot of bad blood between them in the past. And they've had some of that going on this year. They're side by side now on the super speedway here at Charlotte. Presley gets a nose out in front. As they head off of the fourth turn, Bob Presley takes over the number two position. So it's Morgan Shepard in the Pontiac. Bob Presley in the Chevrolet. And then Jack Ingram in the Ford. As they go into the first turn, they've cut it down now to about 10 car lengths. Morgan Shepard seeing his lead dwindle away every lap. Ten laps to go, nine and a half now as they move down the backstretch. It's still Morgan Shepard, but Presley closing in. Boy, he has that car flying. As they move into the third turn, he moves it down to two car length as they head off of the fourth turn. So Presley is the car on the move here now as they head off of the fourth turn. He's right on the back bumper of Morgan Shepard. They have some lap traffic they're coming up on. Let's see if Presley tries to make a move as they go into the first turn. He follows Shepard around one of the lap cars, the car 09, one of the Grand National cars, Nelson Oswald. They move around him, and now it's a side-by-side -side battle as they move up the backstretch. It's a dead heat into the third turn. It's Presley on the inside, Shepard on the outside, and Shepard is one of the hardest chargers in the business. Now Presley gets a nose out in front as they head off the second turn. They're coming up on another lap car, but Presley has the advantage as they come over the fourth turn, and Presley has taken the lead. Shepard now trying to move back up on the outside. Shepard qualified for the World 600, a side-by-side -side battle between Dick Brooks and Dale Earnhardt. They go three deep into the first turn. They move around Nelson Oswald, and Earnhardt comes out ahead in that battle as they try to move around Satch Worley, but Bob Presley has the lead. He's 
worked about a 10 car length lead now over Morgan Shepard. Jack Ingram still hanging in there. He's about 12 or 14 car lengths behind Morgan Shepard. Now Shepard trying to close the gap as they move in on a couple of other lap cars that come off the fourth turn. It will be seven laps to go when they come back to the stripe. And it's a bumper-to-bumper -bumper battle for the lead. Morgan Shepard trying desperately to move around Bob Presley. As those other cars were drafting, picking up on him, Shepard sitting out there by himself. There was nothing in the world he could do about it. He's losing some time in the turns, particularly on the second turn. He lost about eight or ten car lengths that time to Presley. Presley's car handling beautifully, but remember, he's been in the pits and has changed those tires, so he's running on fresh tires, and boy, it is working for him. Dale Earnhardt now trying to move around Satch Worley for the fourth position. Those six cars still only about two seconds separating first and sixth place as they cross the stripe with six laps remaining. Morgan Shepard hasn't given up. He's still about eight car lengths behind Bob Presley. They've moved to about 20 car lengths ahead of Jack Ingram. Ingram's forward just not quite strong enough. And Presley there again coming off of that second turn picked up about eight car lengths on Morgan Shepard. So Shepard having those problems as he gets off of that second turn. It'll be five laps to go when they come to the line. And Bob Presley trying to win his first super speedway victory ever. He's won a lot of short track races, no telling how many, because he's been racing a long time, but he has never won on a super speedway. Now Dick Brooks has moved around Dale Earnhardt, a tremendous three-car battle going on for the fourth position. Satch Worley still holding on to that position, but Dick Brooks and Dale Earnhardt trying their best to take it away from them. Jackie, how did it look after 60 laps? Looking at 60 laps, we had Presley in front and running in second would be Morgan Shepard, third to Ingram, fourth to Worley, fifth would go to Dale Earnhardt, Dick Brooks in sixth, seventh spot would go to car number 16, and that would be Butch Lindley's machine. In eighth spot would be the zero car, and that's John Kennedy, and they're showing him in the same lap. And Joe Persone with an ailing engine shows in ninth. Nine cars on the lead lap. Mihalik runs 10th. Benny Curley in 11th. And 12th spot to Mike Porter. And they still battle for the lead. Morgan Shepard now trying to move up on the outside. Presley has dropped to the inside. Something Presley is blowing as he goes down the backstretch. The smoke rolling from Presley's car number 34 as they go into the third turn. And Morgan Shepard has taken the lead. Presley still running third as he comes off of the fourth turn, but the smoke boiling from that car. He's not coming into the pits. He's staying out on the track. And Morgan Shepard is taking the lead. And the black flag going out for Bob Presley as the smoke pours from it. Now Dick Brooks moves around him. A questionable move, Ned, not adhering to the black flag. Uh, Presley staying out, but remember the NASCAR rule states that you have four laps to acknowledge the acknowledge the consultation flag, and there are only three laps left in this race. Okay, so he, he was not, according to the rules, he could uh, run the rest of the race and not be penalized for it. The Morgan Shepard, a break there as Bob Presley had moved into the front and began to pull away a little bit, but Shepard now, winner of the sportsman race at Martinsville, Virginia last fall, the biggest win of his career. Shepard has never won on a super speedway either. He's won a lot of short track races also. Jack Ingram about five car lengths behind Presley as they move into the second turn. And now Presley has given up the battle. He's bringing the car on pit road, and it looks as if it's terminal on car number 34. Well, a tough break for a real fine competitor. Presley was doing a beautiful job here this afternoon on one of his... Uh, uh, rare super speedway appearances. 
Still that battle going on for third. Dick Brooks has moved into third in the car number 90. Satch Worley running fourth and Dale Earnhardt in fifth place. Shepard now with about a 10 car length lead. The white flag waves here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. 100 miles about to be complete. Shepard trying to move around a lap car. Benny Curley moves up on him as he moves on to the second turn. Shepard had to back off momentarily because he was almost pinned against the wall. He gets to the back end, though, and heads down the back stretch, still with about an eight-car length lead over Jack Ingram. Ingram not giving up. He drives deep into that third turn. I don't believe Ingram has gone that deep all day long, and it cost him, too, because he almost went to the wall. Boy, he drove that thing in there, but he went high. Here's Shepard now, off of the fourth turn and down for the checkered flag, and it's going to be Morgan Shepard. Jack Ingram coming home in second place. Dick Brooks third. Dale Earnhardt got around Satch Worley on the last lap to take on fourth position. Worley coming home in the number five position. A tremendous battle right down to the wire here at Charlotte. That's just an indication of the kind of competition that you'll see here. And boy, when you turn those 40 NASCAR Winston Cup cars loose here tomorrow at 1230, folks, it's going to be something else. Well, Jackie, it's sort of what we expected it to be, a race right down to the wire. Indeed it was, and a good win for Morgan Shepard, Ned. Uh, you've been a driver. You know what it must look like to look in your rearview mirror and see two guys just chewing up your lead, and he loses it, and then all of a sudden it, Lady Luck smiled his way, and he comes home the victor. Well, one thing about it, he never gives up. He's one of the, the most determined drivers that I've ever seen, and he, he just stays in there with it and runs it as hard and as long as he possibly can, and it certainly paid off for him here this afternoon because he beat a good field automobiles here. They were running very strong. We're going to take time out for these messages from the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. We're back at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. The Sportsman 100 has just been completed. Morgan Shepard has brought his Pontiac down on the grass area here. He might not have known where Victor Lane was. Of course, they got a lot, some other things going they've, on over in Victor Lane. They've Jack. got a problem with Victory Lane. They also utilize it for pre-race, and it's loaded with helium-filled balloons. And it seems to be more fitting to see car number seven resting in this immaculately manicured infield grass area between Pitt Road and the Trioval area. And Morgan Shepard is out of the car getting the congratulations of his crew. And now, rightly so, here come all the photographers. And It'll go down on the record books as he's the winner of the first 100-mile event here at Charlotte Motor Speedway as part of World 600 Weekend. Morgan will be driving a Mercury tomorrow in the World 600. A very happy man and a happy crew down there. Morgan moved his residence from Conover earlier this year to Eden, North Carolina, because that's where the car is based that he drives, and he wanted to be a little bit closer to his uh, sponsor over there, the Mr. Parts Automotive, driving a Pontiac Ventura. We're going to have a, a rundown for you here in a few minutes, but while we we wait on that, we mentioned a moment ago about the 
SCCA CityCorps Can-Am 200. We told you that Alan Jones will be starting on the pole here with a speed of 115.845. Elliot Forge Robinson will be starting on the outside, and then third on the grid will be Al Holbert. Al, of course, making a very strong run in the World 600 qualifying on Wednesday. He'll be starting third in this race at a speed of 113.094. John Gunn will be starting in the fourth position. Warwick Brown, fifth. Tom Spaulding in uh, sixth position. Bill Tempero. Then Bob Nagel. Vern Schupin from Australia. Horst Kroll. Uh, Peter Smith. Jean-Pierre Gerrard. Is that how you, is that close, Jackie? That was pretty close. I think they call it Jean-Pierre Jardier. Hey, I can't say I can't that. say it more than once. I'm from the South. <laughs> And why would you call that next one? Ollie and DeConnet? Something. Yeah, we've got a lot of foreign drivers in this. Car number uh, four. Yeah, yeah, I'd call it car number four. I wouldn't even want to try it. <laughs> I know the first name is Elaine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but anyway, these are foreign drivers, and we're southern people. So it's uh, sort of hard sometimes to, to uh, pronounce some of these names. But a good field on hand here. Howard Kelly, James Truman, Gary Hirsch, Warren Purdy, E.B. Lunken, Randolph Townsend, Michael Brayton and Don Chabe. That's the lineup for the CityCorps Can-Am 200. Morgan Shepard has just won his super, first Super Speedway event here this afternoon. Morgan, I bet you will be going somewhere to race tonight, and it'll probably be at the Hickory Speedway. And all of the photographers and well-wishers, John Moose, the one of the track people here, down to congratulate Morgan and a real happy crew as he beat Jack Ingram, former three-time national champion. Shepard was last year making an effort to win the national championship in the late model sportsman division, but had to give it up when he said he just absolutely ran out of money. And that, uh, of course, is one reason for having to give it up. He's uh, running more or less selected races this year, although he's up there in third place in the point standings. Bob Presley and Butch Lindley having a tremendous battle this year for the national points. They're running all over the country. Both of those drivers will be flying out to Nashville, Tennessee tonight to participate in a national championship event. And they go on to, I think, Vermont on Sunday and Canada somewhere. Anyway, they, they have a, just thousands of miles of travel this weekend trying to gain enough points. Let's take a look at the finishing order. Behind Morgan Shepard was Jack Ingram in second position. Dick Brooks comes home in third. Dale Earnhardt finishes fourth, Satch Worley in fifth, Butch Lindley sixth, and John Kennedy finishes seventh. They were yeah, all in the right same in. lap. Joe Mahalik finishes eighth. Joe Fersone with an ailing engine, as we said, after running in the front, finishes ninth. In tenth position, Bob Presley. In eleventh, Benny Curley. And finishing twelfth was Mike Porter. There were one, two, three, four lap leaders. And let's take a look. Dick Brooks, Dick Brooks led twice for a total of two laps. And Benny Curley, check that, uh, Presley, Bob Presley led twice for a total of 30 laps. Dale Earnhardt led, twi led twice for 11 laps. And then, of course, Morgan Shepard, who was really the guy that did it all by leading four times. And the time of the race was 51 minutes and 41 seconds. So that's a pretty good clip to get around this mile-and-a-half speedway. Not bad, considering they had those... Uh caution periods and the one rather long one when Buddy Howard of Greenville, South Carolina really smacked that second turn wall. The car came to rest on the inside of the track. Buddy, uh, we hope is okay. We do not have a report from him yet as to his condition. They took him to the track hospital for a checkup. Three cautions for a total of 17 laps. So we had 50 laps under the green flag at full speed. 
Jack, we want to thank you for sitting in with us here on WFMX this afternoon. Of course, the folks tune in this afternoon at 5. They'll be hearing our uh, pit road preview of the World 600. And thanks so much. My pleasure. I just enjoyed it, Ned. And uh, thanks to Steve Hughes and J.D. Benfield and certainly our engineer here this afternoon. We had big-time engineering, Harry Howard, uh, the engineer for Motor Racing Network, sitting in here with us this afternoon. And those of you who subscribe to the Charlotte Observer seen a very fine article on Harry this morning. He has become a celebrity. And we appreciate all the help of these folks here and hope that you enjoyed our feature broadcast on WFMX this afternoon. This has been Ned Jarrett and the WFMX crew from the Charlotte Motor Speedway with the Sportsman 100. Throwback Thursday has been brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sunoco and Grunt Style. Throwback Thursday can be found on demand at MRN.com, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Throwback Thursday is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved.